Want to see the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. Check out my new website at talkwithfrancesca.com. You can find out just about anything that you want to know there. Upcoming shows, uh, recent shows, if you happen to miss one. So do check it up out, www.talkwithfrancesca.com. Rockstar Marketing is responsible for doing an awesome job. So just want to give a shout out to my web designer, Byron. Thanks so much. All right, little housekeeping before we get going. To learn how to win free tickets on C Street to Martha's Vineyard, look for directions to enter on my website again, talkwithfrancesca.com. And of course, for any questions or comments, email me at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. Or if you have a show suggestion, you can also feel free to email me. You can also find me on Facebook. All right, then. Talk with Francesca is sponsored by Stacy's Home Decor. Hey, who doesn't want to do a little freshening up? Beautiful, beautiful window treatment. Stacy's Home Decor is a must place to visit, especially as the fall is quickly approaching. So visit these guys at stacyshomedecor.com and don't forget to tell Vinny that I sent you. All right, we're about to begin. So what was your first reaction when you found out that Anthony Weiner was up to his old tricks? And by the way, I went crazy trying to figure out, was it Weiner or Weiner? As it turns out, you can say it either way. But I won't say which way I'm going to go. Um, did you laugh? Did you roll your eyes? Did you shake your head or wonder, as I did, man, is this guy sick? The former congressman's apparent inability to stop sabotaging his career and his family over sex of all the stupid things would appear to have all the trappings of full-blown pathology. But slow down, armchair psychologists. There's virtually no scientific consensus that sexting can be addictive in the traditional way anyway, let alone that whiner suffers from it personally so i decided that i better recruit the big guys to make some sense of this insanity you've noticed i hesitated there when i said weiner i wasn't sure whether i was going weiner or wiener but anyway so dr joe burgo author of why do i do that joins us now welcome joe thank you for having me so i've got a serious question what is wrong with him well you, you raised the question, you know, is this guy, is this a, a disease? Is he sick? And, and I think the real question is, does he have some kind of addiction? Um, if you define addiction as a physiological need for something in order to avoid withdrawal symptoms, that's kind of the old version, mm-hmm. then it's not. That's not an addiction. But if you, if you define it in the way that people are increasingly think about it as a compulsive activity despite negative consequences, well, then I, I think he does have an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think of addiction as a, as a kind of learned behavior that is meant, someone, meant to help someone cope with an underlying problem, which is the way I think about it, well, then I, I think he definitely does have an addiction. Well, it's, it, it's obviously an, an, an affliction that involves a compulsion to humiliate himself and those that he loves. And I, I use that term, love, lightly, um, and not in, a, in being sarcastic, but, I mean, I, you know, if someone has 
this much going on in their lives, uh, I, I, I question whether or not they would love themselves. And, of course, you know, how do you love, love anyone else if you don't love yourself? Well, but, I, I think I think of it as it's a it's a problem of narcissism. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. And if you if, if you look at the the text from the last scandal, the one that involves Sidney Leathers, so a few years ago, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he comes across as very needy and insecure. He's always asking for reassurance about his attractiveness. So I think I, I view narcissism as kind of driven by shame or a sense of defect or inferiority that kind of comes through. So this sexting, the excitement of sexting and the excitement of getting admiration or desire from other people, that's that's the antidote to this feeling of defect or inferiority. And it does become compulsive. So, but what I don't understand is, I mean, when I think of politicians, you know, as akin to ordinary people I know, only more powerful, ambitious, and yes, narcissistic, I mean, we all know guys like Bill Clinton. We probably all know a woman who, unfortunately for her, married, you know, a smooth-talking, philandering man just like him. But, you know, we all know drunks, drug addicts, people who sometimes screw up, you know, job, every job they get. And, you know, obviously other self-destructive sorts. But it seems that he has something else going on. I mean, he, he's got to be the most humiliated man in the public eye. I, I agree. I don't think that his his... Sexting is deliberately self-destructive. I think it's more like it's a byproduct. But if you, you know, if you, if you think about addiction and sexting as being driven by shame or inferiority, well, think of what's happened to him over the last few years. I mean, his his career is basically over. Mm-hmm. He's a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. Um, even before Puma found out about the latest scandal, their marriage was pretty much over. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a career, so. What has he got? I think he's probably he's probably depressed somewhere in there. He's feeling like his life is over. So sexting is like his drug. It's what gets him a feeling. It gets him a temporary feeling of you know being desirable, being wanted, of being powerful, being admired. In order to you know to lift him out of that feeling of shame and failure. But he has he would have access to the, the greatest of help. I would think. I, I think he does have access to it. The question is, does he think he needs help? You know, after the last scandal, he went into some, you know, celebrity rehab for three days um, and then did some token therapy. But I don't think I don't think he's ever really acknowledged on a deep level that he has a problem. I think he's done lip service the way celebrities often do. They do the public mea culpa in order to, you know, right. get forgiveness. But I don't think he really meant it. So, yeah, obviously half the problem is admitting that you have one. And so am I hearing you say that that he obviously, he's narcissistic, that's the main problem, and he doesn't even know that he is? I think so. And I, But but you're saying that it comes from um, feeling ashamed of what? Well, that's, that's the subject of my last book, The Narcissist You Know, um, where... I don't know enough about his particular upbringing and background, but the other public figures that I talk about in the book, there's usually something went pretty seriously wrong during you know the early years of life. It's um, the kind of shame I talk about doesn't necessarily come from having been shamed by your parents or toxic shame in the John Bradshaw sense, but it it comes from this feeling that something went really wrong in your early upbringing, and it leaves you with this sense of 
defect or inferiority. Is it always like, um, or I shouldn't say always, but is it is it usually sexual abuse? No, you know that's that's uh, Bradshaw talks about that, but often it's just you know it could be something like um, a parent died in the first year of life. Now, why or, would that? Why would a parent dying make a child shameful? Well, see, this this is the difficulty in talking about shame because most people think about shame as meaning somebody shamed you, mm, right? But that's not the only thing it means. Sometimes shame means that. You, you have a sense that, that you're kind of messed up, that something went wrong in your life. And children in the earliest months and years of life, they need this kind of dedicated interaction with their caregivers, their mothers and fathers. In fact, their brains depend upon the kind of hormones that are released during this kind of engagement. And if, if, they, if you don't get it, you don't develop properly. You know, your, your development goes awry. I, I guess when I think of shame, I, you're right. I, I think of it in a completely different way as being, you know, like you should be ashamed of yourself, like you're bad, you're not, you know, not good enough. Right. That, there's different types of shame. That, that would think, you know, you can think of social shame, which is the way we shame people who don't conform to our ideas of acceptable behavior. You know, we social shame, we do that. That's useful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the kind of shaming that Bradshaw talks about where you know, you've been shamed by your parents or by other significant others. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual abuse leads to shame, but also just a, a departure from normal you know, development that happens early on. That can also leave you with a feeling of shame. Does there, does there need to be... Does there need to be a reason for this narcissism that is coming from a pathological place, or could it just be this this sort of sick obsession? I mean, after all, um, it is the internet has changed things incredibly for people, um, right? I mean, it's when, oh, excuse me. Yeah, it has very much changed things. I, I think that. It, the way that I talk about narcissism in, in, in my last book is, is to think about it as the person feels like a loser and he or she is driven to demonstrate instead that, that she's a winner. He's a winner. He's desirable. He's attractive. So their, their whole personality is geared to demonstrate this to the public. So Anthony Weiner, I think, is is using, you know, these sexually explicit pictures, trying to incite desire, trying to get compliments, trying to be admired. That's that's the antidote to the feelings of defect or inferiority. But, but what I was going to say is that, you know, I mean, many people are using the Internet uh, basically to run their sex lives in a way that looks and sounds pretty addictive. Um, and then they appear to display, obviously, problematic behaviors like excessive use, uh, negative repercussions, withdrawal symptoms, and all that stuff. But, but no one knows whether for sure whether Internet addiction and sex addiction are actually their own diseases or another disease symptom. And right, and right. There's a big controversy about what constitutes addiction, and that's that's what I was saying earlier. There's right. these different different definitions. Maya Salovitz has a wonderful new book out just now. It's called Unbroken Brain, in which she talks about addiction as a as a learned behavior that's meant to help people 
cope with some underlying problem. They've learned this way of dealing with it, and they kind of stick with it despite the fact that it has all these negative consequences. Oh, I wow. Think of, I think a lot of people use Internet porn as a kind of comfort. It's a salve for depression or anxiety. I mean, you know, orgasm feels good. It's like a drug, and it's useful for warding off other kinds of pain. Mm. Um, do you think that people are uh, most inclined to problematic serial sexting have the same ones inclined towards other high-risk behaviors? I do. I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that if you use one drug, you're inclined to use another. Although, you know, it does get grooved in. You know, you kind of imprint on a particular type of drug. That seems to be Anthony Weiner's issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we are, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Joe Burgo, and we are talking about sexting and Anthony Weiner in particular. We are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to take some questions. So stay with us here. Don't go away. Are you looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you'll want to dine at Terramia's. This North End Italian restaurant provides a simply divine culinary experience and, as quoted in Zagat's restaurant guide, pastas without compare. And it's reasonably priced. This North End gem will keep you coming back. Terramia is simply the best Italian restaurant in all of Boston. Call 617-523-3112, 617-523-3112, or terramiarestaurante.com. Love your stylist but bored with your look? You can expect something different at the Professional Stylist Forum. Their team of the North Shore's most established platform artists work in a think tank environment where every client experiences the forum's collective mind. The forum specializes in advanced hair design, extensions, medical aesthetics, makeup artistry, and world-class professional education. The team behind your style is conveniently located in the heart of historic Andover Center. At 354 North Main Street, this 3,000-square-foot facility offers a relaxing setting complete with modern treatment rooms and access to the latest innovative beauty and lifestyle services and luxury products. So call the forum today for a guaranteed five-star treatment at 978-210-8552. That number again is 978-210-8552. I wouldn't go anywhere else. You shouldn't either. Brown Sugar by the Sea is unique to the area with a contemporary, creative, healthy take on traditional Thai cuisine. You'll find well-known favorites, as well as some unexpected goodies stemming from far-flung regions of Thailand. Fresh vegetables, bright flavors, and herbs stand out in every brown sugar dish and can be delivered conveniently to your door or enjoyed in their warm and welcoming dining room. A full bar, a pizzazzy cocktail menu, Live music on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and a smiling, knowledgeable staff will make your brown sugar experience perfectly sweet. So visit Brown Sugar by the Sea for an unforgettable experience from start to finish. You'll be glad you did. Brown Sugar by the Sea, 75 Water Street in Newburyport, or visit them at brownsugarbythesea.com. Are you tired of looking tired? Sweet Six Med Spa in Newburyport specializes in anti-aging treatments using medical-grade skin care, Botox, and fillers to correct, prevent, and protect. And don't forget to ask them about their laser facials. Turn back the hands of time with minimal interruption. Schedule your appointment with our Harvard-trained medical director and experienced plastic surgeon, Dr. Mark McCarrion, during your lunch break and return looking refreshed. Call Sweet Six Med Spa today at 978 358 8178 or visit them at sweet6medspa.com and just wait for your friends to ask where you went on vacation. I know they will. 
All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I am speaking with Dr. Joe Burgo, and he is—he actually has written a book. Why do I do that? Is that right, Joe? I have, and but uh, but I've also written another book that came out last year called The Narcissist You Know, and that's where I talk about the kind of issues you and I have been discussing today. Okay, okay, great. Thank you for that. And what was the name of that book that you had um, mentioned right before the break? I thought that was a, the one about addiction. That's that sounds like a pretty interesting one that had just come out. Unbroken Brain by Maya Salowitz. Excellent book. And it's a lot of it. She details her own addiction ah. and her recovery from addiction. It's very personal but backed up by lots of science. Great book. Uh, I think we're all addicted in some way, though, no? You know? Well... And so, you know, one way or another, we've got, you know, we, it, seems that, it, it seems that we all have sort of our, our uh, you know, things that we're attracted to more so you know we're all you know put a cookie in front of i can't say no if you put a cookie in front of me (laughs) and i agree with you in principle just the word addiction is is just gotten overused you know yeah yeah you know I, i have some questions here um from facebook but i wanted to just mention one thing that that i thought was kind of interesting there um you know, there's something called internal family systems. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I'm not. Okay. Well, it, you know, the, the the whole thing is sort of is around that we have all these different parts. And I interviewed, his, his name was Richard Schwartz, and he wrote a book um, years ago called um, There's a Part of Me. You know, and it's really, it, it, it's it, sometimes, and I found it very, very, one of the most interesting interviews I've ever done. And I also read the book and found it remarkably interesting. And because, you know, we do have a number of parts. You know, we're not all, you know, we're not all, like Anthony Weiner, Weiner, whatever his name is. We, we, you know, he's not all his sexting. I mean, he probably has parts of him that are, that are okay. And then there's the part of him that is that compulsive, um, sick part that he hasn't dealt with. So, you know, when, it, when we look at that, we look at ourselves in that light that we're not all one thing. You know, you know, when you do something wrong and you beat yourself up like, oh, I'm such a jerk. Oh, you know, it's sort of that all or nothing thing. Right. Right. So um, I just wanted to, to add that in there. Um, it, it's very easy for us to jump on the morality bandwagon and just exactly. condemn him as a as an evil man. He's just not. He's just lost. That's right. You know what? That's you know what? That is so true. I mean, if you know, in this lifetime, you know, we could learn how not to be, you know, judgmental. Um, you know, we we would go places. We really would. But but I am curious why women would stand behind and support the men who have betrayed them. I mean, I know every situation is different, but I bet there are a few common themes that appear in these stories. Is it fear of failure or some kind of distorted self blame? Um, gosh, you know, in the case of Puma Abedin, who you've just got to feel deeply for, mm-hmm. um, you know, she had a young child. Yep, and she left, and she did leave after the first time. Well, she and, you know, she she wanted to keep her family together. She wanted her child to have exposure to her father. And you could see why she thought, okay, well, I'm just going to try and stick it out. And then, then of course, he did it again. And, and I'm glad she has drawn the line Sometimes in, in, it's the case that um, the person you stick with is charismatic.
dramatic. You know, people who have narcissistic issues issues can often be very dynamic and appealing in the short term. Mm-hmm. And you you hang on to that side of them long after the destructive right. parts have begun to show. Right. Um, you know, though, Joe, I, I, um, I'm i a big believer in red flags because in, in my younger day, I wouldn't pay any attention to them. So but you know something as I've grown over the years uh, and, and this could be with a relationship, it could be with a friendship, it could be with a sibling, you know, it, red flags are there. They really are. They, they, they don't, you know, it, I mean, they're not really that hard to miss if you're present in a relationship. I think that's really true, and we all tend to close our eyes to things we don't want to see. Because of things that, because of the relationship that we do want. Right. Yeah, I mean, and we're human. We're human. But but there are women, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, uh, where are you located? Right now I'm located in Colorado. Oh, okay. So, So are you familiar with Whitey Bulger? Okay, so his girlfriend there, Kathy Craig, I mean, you know, she was a dental hygienist, a nice girl, but she wouldn't leave him, right? I mean, she just, she wouldn't leave him, you know? I mean, Hillary, that's another story, you know, um, I won't even go down that road, but, you know, what is, what is it? So there is something that goes deeper than just not paying attention to those red flags for these women um, or keeping together a family. I mean, you know, what what could it be that would make a woman that, that stay that is deeper than just keeping a family together or um, not wanting to, to, to look or look in the other direction? Well, I, I think... We could spend all afternoon talking about all the wrong reasons people stay in bad relationships. You know, they're very personal and individual. We've all got wrong reasons for sticking around. Um, But I I think with with people who who are narcissistic, Mm -hmm. um, they have a a great ability to make you feel fabulous about yourself in the beginning, to kind Mm. of seduce you into the relationship. Mm. Right. Yes. And it can feel so good that even when things start going wrong, you keep believing that you can get back there. You know, we can get back to that wonderful place. Um, And, you know, it just doesn't. Hope springs eternal, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So let's get a couple of questions going here. Tony from Nahat would like to know, why hasn't his child been taken from him? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's just so such poor judgment that you would be sexting, you know, with your kid next to you. I, I would think that it would be up to Huma to bring charges against him, and I doubt that she wants that additional scrutiny. She doesn't want another lawsuit. She mm-hmm. just probably wants to get it behind her. All right. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Anita from Lee, New Hampshire, with all the therapy available today, why hasn't he be able to be, quote-unquote, cured well great question anita but i think that we kind of covered that a little bit and and he has to be able to realize he has a problem to begin with right right exactly yeah yeah um oh but here here we go another question but it's the same (laughs) same one i actually we just touched on kathy from situate we're kind of ahead of the game here i guess we're asking a lot of the same questions why do seemingly sophisticated women put up with this See, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's an insult sometimes to to all women when women put up with it. It almost is like it, it kind of makes us all look bad. 
Well, it does, especially if you're looking at it from a moralistic point of view. I think if you try and, like I was saying earlier, get inside her position mm. and think about her family and her children and what was at risk, and I, I just, my heart breaks for her. I think she had a very tough call. I'm glad now it's been made perfectly clear, though, so that she can make that choice you know, easily. Right, right. Um, okay, let's see. I think we have time for a couple more. Aaron from Cohasset would like to know, could he be looking for a backup wife? It's not so uncommon for a man with a high-powered partner to feel insecure. Hmm, interesting. Well, I, uh, I think he is probably looking for a backup person to sort of boost his self-esteem when he probably feels comparatively, you know, not so great. You know, Huma's career is doing fine. You know, she's a woman in a position of power next to one of the most powerful women in the world. Her career is going great. He probably feels inferior and I'm sure that she's still angry with him and not particularly supportive of his, you know, pleas for ego boosting. And so he looks for it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. All right, Dr. Joe Burgo, thanks so much for being on Talk with Francesca this morning. Is there anything you'd like to leave with our listeners before we say goodbye? Um, yeah, I think we should try really hard to feel merciful towards someone. He's, he's got a real problem and he, he's not a bad man. He's just really stuck in compulsive behavior. Okay. And um, do you have a website where our listeners can go? Yes, it's called afterpsychotherapy.com. Afterpsychotherapy.com. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been a fascinating discussion this morning. Great talking with you. Thanks.